Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I am freezing my ass off right now here in California. Um, and I am joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. How are you doing out there, Chad? Uh, I am much, definitely much warmer. Yeah, I was going to say something. You look like you're inside with a jacket on, <laughs> yeah. which to me does not look very comfortable. But uh, yeah, other than that, I am... <laughs> I am enjoying my Monday evening as time of recording. How are you, Noah? Yeah, like I said, freezing my absolute ass off right now. Um, I've got the heavy coat on in my apartment with the heater on full blast. But, I mean, it's probably like 36 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, really? Yeah, wow. in Laverne right now. Yeah, it's it's wow. cold. It's, it's freezing. It's like... Um... I think it was 63 degrees Fahrenheit here. And I think it's going to be better part of 75 to 80 degrees tomorrow. So, Oh, wow. Lucky. Lucky. Sorry. We, we've just had a snowstorm. We've had, so California had like our Southern California had its first blizzard in, you know, probably 20 years. Really? And yeah, the mountains are all snow covered. I mean, for those who like skiing and snowboarding, it's, like a great time to go out right now but yeah it's absolutely frigid and um yeah i'm just trying my best to stay warm hence the big coat yeah right it's big it is big coat season <laughs> it is big coat season i i'm wondering like if i'm you know when i when i head across the pond in t minus 10 like 10 days now you know how cold is it going to be in the city of sheffield while I'm there. I mean, I know I'm going to be bringing a, a few big coats while I'm there, but um, I can't imagine it's going to be any colder than this. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll be over in March and it, I mean, you probably, it's probably shorts, shorts and short sleeve weather. I'd go ahead and just pack shorts and short sleeves. No coats at all. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. Not for this California boy. No way. <laughs> no way. Uh, well, what do you say, Chad? You want to talk a little blades? Uh yeah, let's yeah, I think that's what this pod's about. We might as well uh we might as well talk a little bit blades. Yeah, well, you know, we were doing the live stream on Saturday for a game against Watford and um you know, I the way I'll describe it is it, in spite of the fact that it was a 1-0 victory for the Blades, it was a thoroughly entertaining game and you know, if you were a neutral watching that, I think you know, probably were happy with, you know, how exciting it was. It was fairly end to end. Um, it wasn't a drab one nil victory in spite of the fact that it was an own goal that sealed victory for the blades as well. Yeah. I, I mean, if anybody that is, uh, listening to this, watch the first half of the watch along, you will know well and good that I didn't get to see, but maybe three minutes of the first half. And then I got to see all of the second half because of, SUFC's streaming SUTV issues and debacle. So I'm in the process of emailing them to try and get reimbursed for my money that I had to unfortunately pay a, I mean, it's not going to kill me 10 pounds, but still, nonetheless, we were, you know, we've paid all that money for our season package. And then it says, oh, there's nothing available for you. Buy it again. So, of course, what do I do? buy it again and it still doesn't work so yeah i don't know this is why you know this is one of the things where when we're in the prem i just enjoy it so much more because yes. you don't have to deal with SUTV, and 
you know, I, look, it's not to say that the, the, the streaming service has gotten a lot better like mm-hmm. last year to this year for sure. I mean, there were errors basically every other game, so many blackouts, um, you know, and it, I don't know if it was worth it last year just based on the number of games that were featured on ESPN Plus and Sky TV last year. I mean, how many Friday slash Monday games did we have last year? It seemed like every week, you know, we did. Yeah. I don't think we paid. We I don't think we played at three o'clock on a Saturday, you know, like maybe once or twice, like the back half of the season, you know? Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, we didn't really have. We would either play lunchtime Friday night or, or Monday night, and it was I think there was an odd occasion where we played some Sunday games too. Um, yep. Yeah, weird setup down the stretch. And I think we've played more on SUTV than we have to this point last year. Yeah. Um, I don't think our games for some reason aren't don't seem to be getting picked for TV. And honestly, why would you want to pick us or Burnley right now? Because, you know, if, if things go the way they are, you know, and the gap stays the way it is, I mean, you'd like to see more entertaining teams fighting for the playoff positioning. So, I mean, I, I understand they don't want to go and pick United or and or Burnley for those, you know, live matches. Yep, 100%. So what do you say we get into it here? You know, the first note that I have is, of course, Keith Stroud as a referee had to make himself known in this game. And John Fleck had to take the, the opening kickoff, like, what, twice? I think three times? Yeah, yeah. Something something totally ridiculous. We we actually didn't get to see it because SUTV was absolute dog crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, still just a ridiculous, you know, little piece right there from, from Stroud, uh, you know, Always has to make his presence known every yeah. game, doesn't he? Of course, it's. I mean, even not being in, you know, on on big TV, this probably was honestly the game of the weekend between these two teams. So yes, of of course, he's always got to make his name known. And yeah, I, you know, harpening back to it, it's like, how many times did he have to take the kickoff? Oh yeah, I re- I remember. I didn't see it because it said end of <laughs> what was it? End of stream or end of yeah whatever so yeah what they did is they like macroed the wrong you know the the wrong link basically of course i'm I'm using technical terms that i have no clue what they mean by the way absolutely (laughs) no clue read about Um, it on the interweb yeah 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 exactly and so you know that led to us having to click like the pre-match show link and then that showed it for a little while and then that went down and then we had to click the other link and then you got signed out for whatever reason because your dad was watching on the same stream and you can only have i think two people watching at the same i mean it was it was an absolute mess just a mess and if you're watching if you're watching the walk watch along uh on saturday with us you you know that we had three presenters and (laughs) you know we only had all three of us that's chad myself and captain casa robert kitson um, in, in various combinations. And I think Robert may have just tweeted about it like 20 minutes ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gave a little retweet on that, but it, absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy too because we started off and none of us had the stream. Me and you started off and we didn't have the stream. And you're like, oh, crap. And then you finally got it. So you kept going. 
and then I kept going more. I get more and more pissed off, and I was like, "All right, I'm out." And you, we got Robert to come in, and then you had the he- headphone. I came back in, and you had the he- headphone malfunction, and I I took over, and then I went back out, and Robert. It was just a nightmare. Absolute mess. Absolute mess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, as there really weren't that many shots on target in the first half. Um, you know, the first real opportunity came to Watford in the fourth minute as Jao Pedro put in a decent cross from the left-hand side to the right for Mario Gaspar, who was running down the right wing, and he, like, calmly strokes the ball right into the cop, like, miles from from net. And then in the ninth minute, off of a Jackie long throw, long throw, the ball bobbles around for a bit before finding the foot of Max Lowe, who has a shot that's just off target, and pretty much as off target as uh, Gaspar's shot was, like absolutely nowhere. Went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, trading, trading, uh, way wide kicks by one another. My my question before we get back into the highlights, uh, Jao Pedro, if you take him out of this Watford side, Watford are probably like middle of the road. Like you think it so? is crazy how. Yeah, I, I, like if you take him out of their side, I mean, because right now, what are they, you know, as of, you know, the defeat on Saturday, they sit eighth in the table. If you take him out of the table, uh, out of their team, they're probably 14th, 15th in the league, honestly. That's, wow. and, and that's hard to believe, but I think they're, I think they fall off quite a bit because, you know, Sargo's hit and miss here and there. They lost Dennis this, that they had at the start of the season. Little, you know, they could, you know, they lose him in the transfer window in the summer if they don't go up. They could be in Watford could be a um, like staying around in the championship for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, I think both you and I had picked them to go up automatically this season. Mm-hmm. But that was before Dennis left. So, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of caveats to that one. Yep. Definitely. 11th minute fantastic play from Illuman and Jai running past two or three defenders into the midfield and passing off for Berger who receives the ball and puts in a good through ball for Jaden Bogle down the right hand side who has a shot that is blocked out Watford go the other way with it and Jao Pedro puts in a nice through ball for Keenan Davis who is clean in on it and clean sheet Wes uh, like grabs the ball. Keenan Davis is slightly nudged. He goes down as if he's been shot by a sniper in the rafters. And, you know, of course, after the game, Billage is screaming his head off about how it would have been a pen, should have been a pen. But, you know, that's given games gone. Soft as Andrex that was. Uh, I I was listening to a podcast, uh, not the top 20 podcast that, you know, I listen to every week, and they led with the – this incident and they they claim to say it was a, a pen i i haven't really? even watched it back yeah i haven't watched it back and um so for them to say it i mean i i don't say you know it's an yeah. opinion it's opinion type podcast and so you know their opinion seems to say that they thought it was a pen i haven't watched it back so i have no no, it, it was uh, a slight nudge. It was a the slightest of nudges from Max Lowe, and he, he goes down way too easily. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. 
After that incident, 13th minute, West boots it down. Pitch McBurney, who won fucking everything in this game in the air. Uh, you know, he gets ahead to it. He flicks it for Njaye, who is unfortunately way offside. Otherwise, it was just him and the keeper to beat. Um, he just didn't time his, his run correctly there. 17th minute, Ahmed Hadzic fouls Jao Pedro near the edge of the area, and he is going to miss the next two games due to accumulation of yellow cards. Your thoughts, Chad? Oh, boy. Is it is it one or is it two that he misses? It's two, it's I two. believe. Oh, it's two? Oh, damn. Well, I mean, in, in I, they talked about this on Tufty, and, and I didn't really – you know, I was listening, but wasn't really listening at work. Is it the FA Cup in the league game, or is it both two league games? It's two league games. League. Um, yeah, it's it's damn. two league games. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. You know, he seems to like a good foul here and there, and you know, this is ten for him on the season. So, you know, it is what it is. We're in the boat. Yeah. You know. It's is, just does disappointing. Does Clark come back in? Does Basham? Yeah, I, I. It's just disappointing because look, we we've got a game against Blackburn on Saturday, and we've got a game against Luton the following Saturday, and those are two mm-hmm. massive games. You know, yep. those are two in the pack that are chasing and not having our, you know, arguably our best defender out on the right. I mean, that's. It's going to be it's going to make those games infinitely more difficult. Yeah, no, I would I would agree with that, and it, it sucks that we're going to miss him. But you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to have somebody step up and in fill his shoes for two games. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know I don't know if that's Clark or if that's Bash. I I'm leaning towards Bash just considering that Clark has just not been able to get into the side. Yeah, I mean he wasn't even on the bench against Watford on Saturday. And then Bash had that kind of horrid, ooh, ooh, I don't know what it was against, uh, I believe, Millwall. Um, yeah, so you're getting your pick of the litter here. I mean, I like to go with Bash. I like to think that he could get it done over over two games. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not the manager. We'll have to wait and see. Yep, yep. So Sema takes the free kick and he finds the head of Keenan Davis, who is wide open in the box with nobody marking him. And he just heads it to the right. I mean, best chance of the half for either side. And yeah, I mean, mistake on Keenan Davis's part because um, he was wide. He was absolutely yeah. wide. And one thing, because um, Keenan Davis was the striker that played for Forrest last year. And remember when everybody was saying we should get we should get him and get rid of McBurney, McBurney, yeah. McBurney. And I'm almost piggybacking off what Tufty said today. Um everybody's like, oh, we should get rid of McBurney, we should get rid of him. We should bring in Keenan Davis. McBurney ten times better than him when it comes to being right now. Right now, I mean this point last year, yeah, you know, Keenan Davis was having a great year. Of course, yeah, it's true. So, I mean, it's how the turntables, you know? Yeah, how the turntables. <laughs> 26-minute Robinson boots the ball down pitch. McBurney gets ahead to it. He finds Fleck. Fleck drives into space, loses the ball. It winds up at Njaye's feet. He has a shot that goes way high, but good from Fleck there. I mean, he it was a really nice little run from him, and, 
you know, I mean, I think it goes without saying that this is his best game of the season for us, but you know, it's a very small sample size. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen much of Jimmy, Johnny, Jimmy, Jenny, Jerry, Judy (laughs) black, but, uh, no, he played very well from his, uh, long stemmed absence that really, I don't think he's been, I don't know what his deal's been, why he hasn't really been back in the team, but I mean, shades of Jimmy Johnny Fleck from a few years ago when he was so good in the midfield. And uh, yeah, we might've found another one to put in the fold to change it up a little bit. If things aren't working in the midfield down the road. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I would start him on Wednesday against Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, the only the only reason why he wouldn't, I don't think, be in that side is if squad rotation and heck, he was going to throw him in for Blackburn. Yeah. I mean, that. I think that would be the only reason. But I, yeah. I still think he could probably put in 60 on, on Wednesday and, you know, you, you either get Mack or Doyle to replace him. Yeah. We'll see. Jao Pedro went down with an injury like four times in that first half. And uh, th- that's why there were five minutes of added time on the end. 36 minute off of a free kick. Lauza Luza puts the ball into the box. Uh, Backstick, Hoyt and Wes go for the ball. And the ball becomes like trapped in between both of their legs somehow. You know, it, it ends up being a foul, but I think Wes also got his hands on the ball, but kind of a weird moment there. You know, they look like two clothespins, you know, clipped together. <laughs> Agreed, you know, like when you, would, when you would do that as a child, you clipped the two. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I guess the other analogy would be scissoring. They, they were <laughs> yes, basically scissoring. Say, as as the viewers can see what we're doing on the, what I'm doing on the screen right now, <laughs> as I went to two paper clips and went, okay, all right. <laughs> off of a corner the ball comes in and it's initially headed out but only as far as jlt who swings and misses uh at it strike one for him there it falls for bogle down the right hand side he puts in a cross that finds egan's head but it's blocked out and then it falls for norwood he puts in a cross for absolutely nobody and the keeper makes a mess of it he Punches it out for a corner. He should have just let it run through. Nobody was back stick, and they could have had a goal kick, but instead it's a corner to United. And then off of that corner, it's headed out by a Watford defender, and it falls kindly for Robinson, who has a go, but misses again, strike two for JLT. He finally connects with it, and it goes to the right and out for a goal kick. So, uh, Mm. yeah. I mean, he... The hand, the hand, foot there wasn't very good from JLT. <laughs> no, um, yeah, clearly wasn't. He uh, was having some issues, but I mean, honestly, another solid performance from JLT. You know, he wasn't bad, was he? No, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. I mean, just put in another workman-like performance. You know, you can't ask for anything other than that. Yep, classic JLT. So we get another series of corners that we weren't able to do much with, culminating with arguably the worst corner I've seen a United player take this season as Norwood looking for McBurney, you know, promptly booted it like in the air out of the 18 yard box and like out for a goal kick on the other side. I mean, 
it was it was really bad. It was a really really bad corner taken by Norwood there. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it would be. Uh, I wouldn't say it was the best Ali Norwood performance, but I mean Jimmy Johnny Judy Fleck was uh, was pretty good in in his absence. So uh, I'll take it. Trading one for one. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that that was pretty much half there, and you know, I, it was an entertaining first half. There just wasn't a ton of chances. There were, you know, the chances were kind of few and far between. Um, but you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, "This is a game that's ripe for the taking," you know. And mm-hmm. sure enough, into the second half, early doors here. Bedgay passes for Bogle, who has a go just outside the area. It deflects. like off of a Watford player and into Bachman's arms 51st minute West boots it down pitch and McBurney again absolutely on every aerial duel this match has Porteous all over him Keith Stroud of course waits ages to finally give a foul and you know a a yellow for Porteous there 52nd minute the free kick off of that foul is taken by Norwood and it's a pretty decent attempt, you know, causing a diving save from Bachman to his left there. I I, I think that he, that was, it, it was a little far, it, you know, it, it wasn't in perfect Norwood territory. And that was probably the best that he could get out of it, you know, doing a direct free kick like that from that position on the, on the pitch. 56 minute Pedro passes for Sar over the top and Ahmed Hodzic with a cracking tackle to block Sar's shot. I mean, might have saved a, a, go- a goal there, you know? Yeah, it, it was a good tackle. And we, you know, uh, one thing, he's on a yellow card. So if it goes the wrong way, he goes down. I mean, he's off. But um, a great tackle by Anel. And we've we've come to be known of, of such last-ditch tackles when the opposing team's in on goal. So just even more adding to the price tag of the gem we found. And yep. Anel Ahmed Hodzic. It's so crazy how we found this guy. I know. I know. He's been phenomenal for us. So arguably Watford's best chance of the half that didn't come, you know, deep, deep, deep into stoppage uh, is here in the 59th minute. Morris down the left-hand side puts in a great ball that Pedro flicks on and Davies like tries to chest it down to his foot, but Wes is there to pick the ball up. And yeah, very nervy moment there, but ultimately good goalkeeping from clean sheet Wes. Yeah, it was. I mean, and, you know, as you said, you know, there's going to be a moment, a, a bit of uh, panic clearance at the end of the game that we we're going to allude to. But yeah, that's Watford's best chance. And honestly, you know, aside from a few chances, West really didn't have much to do in this game. No. No, he didn't. It and especially in the second half, you know, with the exception of the last, you know, minute there where there was that crazy scramble. I mean, it was pretty much all united in that second half. Yeah, it was. We definitely came out like you said, and we're looking. You know, I don't know if they they probably went in at halftime. I don't know if the scoreline of the Burrow game was leaked. Maybe it was. Maybe it. Maybe it fired them up, and they went back out and like, okay, it's ours for the taking. Now let's go out and get a win, get the three points, and we extend that gap. We'll yeah. never know, of course, but you know, you like to think that might have been that might have been a little bit of a driving force in between into such a good half from United. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. 
61st minute, Big Pants Ben Osborne comes on for low, and Doyle replaces Fleck. And, you know, I mean, for 60 minutes out there, Fleck had a great, great match. I mean, he did the little things that don't really come up on a score sheet and or even mentioned frequently here on our minute-by-minute analysis. But, yeah, good performance from Fleck and kind of reinstilled faith, like faith in him, uh, you know, as far as the, the United faithful are concerned. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I said earlier, you know, maybe this is, um, you know, if he he's going to play well down the stretch, add more competition in that midfield room to where it's not so a hundred percent that we're just going to throw this one here, throw this one here, throw this one here, and you know, put McAtee in every game, Doyle in every game, Norwood in every game. Fleck puts his name into the ring, you know. So it might be a, a revolving door. Whoever has the hot foot at that moment might get the start. Yep. And I like that in this team. I like that yep. we have competition for the spots, and it's just not the same team sheet over and over and over and every week. You took the words right out of my mouth, Chad. Yeah, 100%. 63rd minute, a wild sequence, and Jaya down the left, really good dribble into the box. He passes center towards the top of the box for Berge, who passes for Anel. He gets it out to Norwood, who swings it for Benno. Benno, in space, puts in a great cross that falls for Anel, who catches it first time on the volley, and he finds Bogle, backstick, who heads it in, and you know we went wild at this point on the watch-along. Um, and then it's pulled back for an offside. But um, I personally couldn't see how that was offside, but like at the time, but, you know, watching it back. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was off. Yeah. That's, I think all of us were uh, like, how can that be offsides? And yeah, when you see the, another angle, you can see where bull is offside. So, I mean, great piece of interplay and just, you wish Bogle would be on sides and that a beauty of a goal goes in and Blades take the lead, but no, it's still nil-nil. And, you know, the cheese is starting to get a bit more binding. The cheese. <laughs> the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> 68th minute, McBurney down the right-hand side, passes into the D for Doyle, who magics himself away from his man before having a shot that takes a really, really good save by Bachman to keep it out. He parries it right for Benno, who has a shot, but it's another good save from Bachman. 67th minute, Kone, uh, former interest of United from Canada. Uh, he has a strike from outside the box that is easily saved by Clean Sheet West. 72nd minute, Big pants down the left, passes for McBurney. He puts Bedgay through with just the keeper to beat, and Bedgay takes one touch too many. He tries to hit it. Bachman saves it well. But, yeah, one touch too many there from Bedgay. Yeah, it was one of those um, deals where you would like to see him do better, and it it was it was almost slow in the buildup when, when Sandy Barge got on the ball, and they took it around to the left and try to go around him. And for some reason, every time we try to do that with either, you know, in this case, Sandy Barge and Dye's done it. Billy Sharp's done it this year. I believe McBurney's even done it. It's like, we always like to take it around the keeper instead of trying to do, you know, a one of those, a dink over the keeper. And so it cuts down their angles and the shot always gets, you know, always gets saved. You know, we are always trying to do the back heel and the, you know, 
fancy, fancy this in the middle of the pitch. But then when it comes down to like, hey, man, try flicking it over the goalkeeper, and it probably results in a goal. No, we take it wide, and it ends up being saved. I, I just don't know why we we break down when we get into that end of the pitch. Yep. Yep. And then, and then, off of a corner taken by Doyle, he finds McBurney back stick who heads it down, and it's an absolute horror show for Porches who tries to clear it, but it ends up, but like he ends up megging his own keeper and it goes into the back of the net. Uh, no mistake from the goal line technology this time as a Watford player attempted to clear it off the line, but Stroud points to center and it's a good goal. We go up one nil at that point. Yeah. Um, I'll take it. I don't, I feel like we don't have a lot of own goals against us like I, I feel like the teams don't put the ball in their own net a lot of the time remember when we had that stretch in the prem where we had like four or five games in a row where we scored own goals yeah it's like it's always seemed to be us and it never seems to be the opposing team so i'll take this one as you know yeah we didn't score a goal one was offsides and then the other one yeah the defender just absolutely nutmegs his keeper, man. Yeah. Wow. In, in hockey, that's a McBurney goal, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no such yeah. thing as an own goal in hockey. It's the la- basically the last player who touches it. Yeah. Gets the goal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fair enough. He did wheel away in celebration and say, look, I scored. Give me the goal. But no, it is pegged back on the score sheet as an own goal. 89th minute, Sharp, who had uh, come on a little bit earlier, passes for Bedgay outside the box, who... Has a go, and it's wide to the right. And then finally, deep into stoppage time, the ball is put into the box for Sar. He has a shot that's blocked out. Um, it goes out for Chowdhury, who finds Porches in the box. His shot is blocked. And finally, Billy Sharp clears it out, and full time is blown and release those clench buttholes. My God. Yeah, that was kind of a crazy sequence there at the end. Yeah, you you. Th- Thought, I mean, I said you. I thought we all thought we were going to concede right there at the end of the game. It was going to, we're going to pull a draw. But, you know, luckily enough, we were able to clear it and then full time goes and you're just like three points on the board. We can quit. We can silence everybody that said, you know, you're going to bottle this for the minute. You know, the lead goes back to seven points with game in hand. So, you know, if we win game, said game in hand, it goes back up to double digits, and it's probably ours for, you know, the proverbial taking. You know, you can almost, you know, you can almost. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything, but I, you know, if if everything goes how it should, you know, we get that game in hand, go to ten. I think you could probably start putting our name on second place. Yeah, I mean, how, in your estimation, Chad, how many more wins do you think we need? Mm, how many games do we have left? Like 14? No, there's 12. I think uh, 13 for us left. 13 games left. So if you win at least eight of those, what is that? 24 more points. Um, what does that give us? Yeah, that's we're that it's done and dusted at that point. I, yeah. I think realistically we need uh, five or six more wins. That's how I see it. Because, I mean, you look at this, 
I mean, five five wins would at this point five wins would give us twenty four wins, which would be another fifteen points, which gets us to seventy nine points right now. Yeah, which is I mean anything over eighty. I say if you get to the eighty-two point mark, I think yep. you're probably well well and done up. That was my thought exactly. Eighty-two points is really what we need. I, that that's what I estimate we'll need to go. So we up. need we need eighteen more points. So six more wins. Yep. Which yep. is very very possible with you know the back half or the what is it the last five games everybody's now starting to talk about how easy they are. You would like to think if we have to win all five of those, we probably could, but we're bound to pick up results before that. So, yeah, yep. And we have some good opportunities ahead of us that uh, you will get to on the back half of the podcast here. Um, much needed win, obviously, and an awesome three points to get against a team that is, you know, in the trailing pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was, who was your man of the match? You know, the more I think about it, you know, I'll probably go with Jimmy, Johnny, Judy, Jerry Fleck for his cameo that he had on Saturday. It was It was pretty nice to see the old John Fleck back Yeah, in, you know, in the red and white. Because you, you like to think if we do go up, his days are numbered in a United kit. And, you know, that's one more part of the changing of the so the, the guard. You yeah. know, the, the guard that got us to where we were. Um, so, yeah, for that, I'll get uh, my man of the match is Johnny Fleck. I like it. I like it. Um, just because he so rarely gets it, uh, you know, a mention as man of the match. I thought Benno had a really, really good 30 plus minutes for United. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He, yeah. He was good. I, I, I'm going to say Benno. Well deserved. Well, that is uh, it for this section of the podcast here. Chad, you recorded a podcast earlier in the weekend uh, with the Tottenham Depot podcast that I'm going to throw it to right now. Welcome to the red half of Sheffield. I guess we can call it video slash audio recording. I am Chad Jarvis from the red half of Sheffield, and I am joined... And you guys that are watching this video, I'm joined by Andrew from the Tottenham Depot podcast. I'm a, I almost butchered that completely. Andrew, how are you this afternoon? On the back of a, a awesome win this morning um, over a London rival. I'm I'm very good, Chad. Especially after uh, Spurs took down Chelsea two nil at home. Uh, it was a a very relieving victory. It's never a fixture that gives me any kind of uh uh ease going into even though Chelsea are just in an absolute shambles um after playing them earlier in the year uh and and earning a draw at Stamford Bridge a, a really hard earned draw um never would I have imagined months later that it would be that easy but it was that easy and uh it was kind of a a pleasure to to watch I went to the pub this morning and enjoyed some breakfast and uh and some coffee and and the company of some fellow Spurs fans uh, here in Arizona, and just enjoyed a a, a wonderful London Derby victory. So it was a, it was a nice one, a, a nice way to start a Sunday. Yeah, well, 
Good. Congratulations on the big win. And uh, yeah, I was going to say in the middle of that, the handshake draw at the beginning of the season, the, you know, the Thomas Tuchel, Antonio Conte, I'm going to kill you. You're going to kill me. No, we're not. We're just going to walk off and we're going to act like we're mad at each other, but we're really not. But um, yeah, so I guess we'll get into it. As everybody knows, Blades have a huge FA Cup uh, fixture coming up midweek against Tottenham Hotspur. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Spurs season as a whole to this point in the season? Man, it has been uh, that that is a that is a very, very loaded question. It has been a roller coaster ride for Spurs this season. Um, you know, it, a lot of hopes coming into this season off the backs of a of a pretty decent summer. Um, but it has just been up and down for Spurs and 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 has not been one run of form or the other. Um, you know, and and Antonio Conte's kind of future or or lack thereof with the club has really been the subject of the season mm-hmm. um you know I, I think a lot of that is tied to some of the players that that remain uh with the club like harry kane for example but honestly this season it, it feels a lot more negative i think among spurs fans than it really has been i mean this is a club that as we speak right now, sit in 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 a Champions League place in fourth place. Um, they are still in the Champions League knockouts this season uh, with a second leg against AC Milan to come uh, in about a week and a half here. Um, and and obviously still in this FA Cup, which is, I think, the best shot for Spurs to, to, to win silverware and to break this now 15 year long drought. Uh, without a trophy of course that's the thing we always hear about as Spurs fans is you haven't won a trophy you haven't won a trophy and I think that um, the FA Cup still remains this club's best opportunity to break that that string but the season as a whole honestly it I think it's it's a lot more positive than it has felt there's a lot of negativity around the club just and I think a lot of that does stem from Antonio Conte and kind of the will he won't he go this coming summer and a lot of that has kind of been tied in too with this this illness that he had and he had gallbladder surgery a few weeks back came back to the club uh, and now has left again to to kind of recover still and it's still not really known whether or not he'll be back for this match against Sheffield United or not Um, I think they do expect him back maybe by the weekend by the time Spurs get back into Premier League action against Wolves um, but it's just kind of a big unknown. And I think that's the cloud that's been covering the, the the club and its supporters throughout the season. But overall, when you look at things, they're really not that bad. And everything is kind of still right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's crazy to hear the the contrasting, you know, we're we're second in the championship championship. And you guys are talking about finishing fourth in the league, Champions League. And it, it's just crazy to see the the other end of the spectrum in which is uh which is i mean congrats to you guys i mean there's nothing nothing short of being i mean like you said conte being out for i mean how many games has he missed in a row i mean you would have thought the season would have kind of completely fallen apart but you've you know you picked up the pieces and kind of just keep trudging through and and a lot of credit goes to his right hand man christian stellini who has stepped in um in his role and you know there's he and Conte are obviously in a lot of contact still throughout all of these not only you know throughout the week in preparation for matches but even during matches they're exchanging text messages about um substitutions and and different strategies and and tactics um so it's not like Conte is has just gone away and 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 you know gone into a dark room 
um, and hidden, he's still very present at the club. He's just not physically there with the club right now. And and like I said, uh, Stellini deserves a lot of credit for the, for the job that he's done getting this team to play um, not differently, but almost with more urgency in the last handful of, of games. And that's been um, a refreshing thing to see. There, there's almost a, a mindset around the club recently since Conte has been away that the club is playing a little more free, a little more loose without um, the the manager Conte there to kind of breathe, breathe down their neck a little bit. There's, mm-hmm. there's almost a sense that, that these are some guys that are playing a little more with a little more freedom. Um, and that's yeah. helping uh, overall on the pitch. Yeah. And you, you almost answered my second question I had for you is, and I guess I'll rephrase it with your point in the season being where it is, where your position, where it is now, is it? Do you think it's more on the club's focus to be in the top four, or going all out and winning the FA Cup? And like you said, ending that fifteen-year drought since Spurs last won a, a a piece of silverware. What What do you think the club is? It kind of fifty-fifty, or is it? Hell, we should just put the gas down and try and win. You know, it's honestly. With the teams that are left in it, a couple of results go the other way. I mean, it sets up, if you guys are to get past us, it sets up pretty well for you guys to, you know, maybe make a, a, a final. So, and I guess, where do you stand along with the club? Would you much rather go for the FA Cup or just secure that top four spot in Champions League for next season or the FA Cup? I, I think that there's no question that uh, there is a mindset on folks that it has to be either or, like you're asking. And obviously it doesn't. It can, it can be both. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the 15-year thing that I spoke about in, in this title drought, that is something that nags at Spurs fans. It's something that um, that really, like, it, it, it irks Spurs fans to hear that they haven't that, that there hasn't been silverware at this club for so long. So the FA Cup is extremely important and it's something that that Spurs fans certainly value more than something even like the League Cup. Um and obviously they 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 nearly won the Champions League a few years ago. So there there have been runs at it in the last handful of years, but the 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 top 4 thing is actually also extremely important because just because of being in the Champions League is something that this ta- this club takes a lot of pride in. Not only um, just from being on the on the world's biggest stage in in terms of global football and 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 playing in that competition, but the financial ramifications that come with with doing something like that. And um, that's obviously something that's very important to the club um, is is that brand exposure and and the dollars that come in from that as well. So they're going to I you know if I had to answer that I'd say it is a 50 50 thing. If you had to choose, it's, it's it is very split. Um, but they certainly do want to be going after both of these things at the same time because they are both um, very, very important. The FA Cup, to me, would be a, a massive accomplishment for this club, um, but I don't think that they want to sacrifice anything in terms of going for the top four as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, you know, it, without top four, that that we we saw over the last handful of seasons the ramifications that that can have for Spurs. You know they fell down into the Conference League um, under Jose Mourinho and and had to kind of work their way back up. And getting back to that spot toward the end of last season under Antonio Conte was a really really massive accomplishment, especially where they sat, um, kind of 
they were sitting, I think at one point eighth, uh, like w- with a run in to go and, and, and made that hard charge and, and, and passed the North London rivals arsenal in order to do it, um, which was a really big deal. Now, the hill's a lot climber, a lot taller to climb this season to pass Arsenal, obviously in the league. But the top four is still a, a massive priority for the club as well. So, you know, there, there's no real picking it. It's like picking your picking your favorite kid. I mean, you you love them both. You want them both to to to, to be there for you in the end. Yeah, no, I I, I totally understand. I I totally get it. I'm very envious of your your position. Um, so with that being said, how much do you think Spurs are going to put into the lineup they name against against Blades on, on, on Wednesday? Do you think it's going to be Harry Kane in, in all your top players, or do you think it's going to be a weak inside? And if it is a weak inside, who are some of – enlighten the Blades fans and who are some of the danger men in that side? Obviously, we know about the, the heavy hitters. Who's a – I guess second, you know, not a top level, but still is can be a danger man. So it's interesting because as as much as we're talking here about uh, all the different uh, uh, kind of hands in, in different cookie jars that Spurs still have left in the season, you know, FA Cup, Champions League, and fighting for top four in the league, the depth on this club still is really not there i mean they're they are still kind of a thin squad and a lot of that is is due to injury right now um the the goalkeeper is going to be fraser forster hugo Lloris is out with an injury the the captain the 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 longtime um captain for this club is still out with a with an injury so fraser forster will be the goalkeeper they're not gonna i would be shocked if they went to a, a backup from 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 already who is their backup in forster um the back line will likely remain um, you know, Eric Dyer in the middle with Christian Romero at the right center back spot. And then the left center back, this is where it gets a little interesting because it, you know, we've seen Clement Langley who's on loan from Barcelona in that spot with Ben Davis playing in the left wing back spot, but it could be Davis slotting back to the left center back spot and giving way to someone like Ivan Perisic at left wing back. Uh, the last handful of matches, it's been Davis because he's given them a little bit more defensive stability in that spot, but it could be Perisic coming off the bench uh, in the left wing back spot. Instead, um, the midfield has been interesting as well because the injuries are, are, are very plentiful there right now. Um, you've got Oliver skip who scored his first goal for Spurs, uh, uh, an Academy product uh, scored, scored his first goal against Chelsea today. Um, and he will likely be in that midfield with Pierre-Emil Hoybier, who's been a stalwart in this midfield. Um, but the other option there would be Pat Matesar, who's a, a youngster who's come along and 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 been pretty good of late. Uh, injuries right now to Rodrigo Bentancourt and Eve Basuma make that midfield kind of you know it's it's really three guys for two places. So you're going to see two of those three that I mentioned. Um, and then the right wing back spot, you know, Spurs went out in in January and bought Pedro Poro from Sporting Club Portugal. Um, but he has not got a ton of playing time because uh, Emerson Royale, who had been there and had really struggled throughout the season, ever since Poro came on board. Royale has been playing like gangbusters and he's been incredible. He's been pretty much man of the match uh, quality the last three or four games that he's played in. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that spot. Maybe they do want to get Poro um, some game time in a cup match 
especially with another game to turn around on Saturday and play against Wolves and then Champions League midweek next week, as I mentioned earlier, against Milan. So that will be an interesting spot to look for. Pedro Porro, a much more uh, attacking player down that right side. He did come on late as a sub in the in the game against Chelsea, um, almost as a right wing, even instead of a right wing back. But he's he's going to be a much more um, much more of a liability defensively than Emerson Royale is. He's a more sound defensive wing back who offers less going forward. And then the front three, I I don't think there's any doubt you'll see Harry Kane in the middle. Um, and then it's a it's a matter of of picking three players to to, to flank him, and it'll either be uh, Richarlison, Dan Kulusevski, or Hyungmin Son. And Hyungmin Son is, is an interesting case because uh, after winning the Golden Boot last season in the Premier League, Hyungmin Son has had an awful season, and he's spent the last two games uh, coming off the bench. Has scored uh, off, scored off the bench last week against West Ham. Uh, came off the bench today and and uh, produced a corner that led to a Harry Kane goal for for Spurs' second goal against Chelsea. So he's actually looked good coming off the bench, uh, running at some tired legs. I would expect Sonny to get back on the pitch as a starter in this match against Sheffield United, um, but we'll see. It, it, it's it's the, the 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 attacking area is one area that Spurs are actually kind of okay depth wise. They also have uh, Arnott Danjuma, who they got in 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 January as well, who is another option that 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 could be in the mix, uh, perhaps for some playing time. Probably not as a starter, but probably at least coming off the bench. So the attacking line it looks good. It's it's everything behind that where the team right now is pretty much picking itself. So it'll be interesting to see how the rotation works out. Like I said, especially with more games to come, uh, with with Spurs having to play in all these different competitions. Yeah, that's. That is, you know, that's the question to be to be said for both sides. You know, Blades, you know, trying to grab automatic promotion back to the Premier League, and you know, you guys having your hand in every cookie jar there possibly could be. Um, so it's very like it's it's not cut and clean of what who's what either side's going to put out as their players because it could be heavy squad rotation or it could be the best two sides that the, the both clubs have and they want to go for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it should, it should set up for an interesting, um, game on, on Wednesday night. Have uh, the question for you, have you seen any of blades Sheffield United's games this season? Any of them? I I have not, but I will say it's not surprising when you look at the championship standings and and see them sitting second and I will you know I'm not going to jinx anything by saying they look fairly comfortable right now they look in a good spot for promotion and looking like they're going to be returning to the Premier League uh next season and that's not a surprise and that that actually you know to your point about what are these teams going to do on Wednesday in terms of rotation I think that actually is a real key to if you're looking ahead to what Spurs might do, I don't think there's going to be any doubt that they're going to take this game seriously and not rotate a ton. Uh, I, I think they would be foolish to do so. I think they really need to take Sheffield United seriously. Um, this is a club that has obviously done damage to Spurs in the past. In, in recent seasons, uh, we've, we've seen that. Um, they are a tricky bunch, and you know it's not like Bromelain is, is an easy place to go play a game. So they are they are going to be in for it. I, I am... I am expecting um, a really, really tough test from from the Blades, and um, I, I just I, I would be shocked if there is a ton of rotation from Spurs and for that exact reason, like you said, mm-hmm. that they're 
Sheffield United is obviously having a good season and well on its way to, you know, at least being in the, in, in the playoff, but it really looks like that, that, that second spot is, is theirs for, for, for the taking yeah. at this point in the year. So I, I would be, like I said, very shocked if Spurs went and, you know, mess around too much with this one. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, okay. With, with that being said, what are your, you know, predictions you can go score predictions what do you think happens in this match Wednesday I, I got it I am not a huge score prediction guy I I do think Spurs just with the way that they're playing right now they have been able to be sound enough defensively you know Chelsea in this in this most recent match and even West Ham last week were able to have a lot of the ball and able to, to to produce going forward but never to really threaten seriously and all of a sudden Spurs in the last handful of matches even in their defeat in the first leg of the champions league a little while back to ac milan they never really felt super under pressure even though they they aren't they don't have the ball and and spurs don't need the ball to be dangerous spurs can strike on the counter um and they can also grab the ball and 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 you know have some fun with it as well with all the attacking presence that they have going forward so i do expect spurs squeeze by Sheffield United but like I said I don't think this is an easy match I don't think this is a walkover um I think it's maybe a one nil maybe a two one I think it's tight um and I I don't expect it to be easy for either side because I, I think this is something that both of these clubs obviously um would like to to move on and advance past this round and 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 see what they can do uh going forward in this competition which is you know it's 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 a big deal this competition we yeah. I think we, we we brush these cups off sometimes as just you know this is just part of it but this is i think it would be really really big for either of these teams to move on from this 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 stage yeah for sure um i can't uh, i mean as much as my heart i want to go with blades to to pull the upset i i just can't see it i think we lose 3-1 get knocked out i'm more concerned about getting back into the prem and you know getting that getting that payday as they say going up um because that's you know, if if we don't go up this year, then the wheels will come completely off and we'll just be hanging around middle of the championship for years to come. But um, yeah, I do think we do suffer defeat. And I mean, it is what it is. If the greatest team in the history of the world, Wrexham, couldn't take us out, Tottenham probably will. Um, I got to be honest. I, I was I watching. I did. I, I said I hadn't watched Sheffield. I did watch both legs against Wrexham just because they they were it, they everyone was a buzz. I haven't watched them in the championship this mm-hmm. season, but. I have to be honest with you, you know, they, I did not want to see Wrexham. I was, I am no. much happier to see Sheffield United in this, in this uh, stage of the FA cup, because you face Wrexham in, in, in a stage like this as a team, like, like Tottenham, that's a club that has nothing to lose. Not that Sheffield are going to play uh, timid. They're going to come yeah. at this with everything they have as well. But uh, I was fearing having to have the wrath of, of Wrexham on Spurs. So I was relieved almost yeah. <laughs> that that, yeah. that that was the way that it played out. You don't want anything to do with them. And we are still, our podcast is still, I mean, when, when we beat them and finally knocked them out, they were relentless. I mean, they just kept, they just kept coming, coming. It's just like, we have just, completely moved on and it's just like it's a never-ending cycle and it's just like okay the game had moved on and and the result had happened okay you guys are out go on with your promotion chasing in the national league we'll go on with our deal and then it's just like it just stirred up a storm of 
just everybody coming out of the woodwork and as it has captured the hearts of a bunch of Americans over here with a documentary um of course everybody jumping on their wagon and and so forth but um yeah it's it's it was crazy and yeah you, you didn't we had to put up with that for for two legs you didn't want any of that trust me 100% no question. you didn't want any yeah no question about it um so before i let you go i'm i'm starting a new segment that i just started today your favorite beverage while watching a spurs match Oh, that's a great question. Wow. You know, it's funny enough. Normally it's just a coffee <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's so early. Watch, it's so early over here in the States. Um, but uh, if it was, if it was going to be an alcoholic beverage, it would, uh, it would honestly probably just be a Guinness. Uh, we, we out here in Arizona, we, we, I go to Fiver McGee's. I'll shout them out uh, over here in Chandler, Arizona. And it's a, it's a nice little Irish pub and we'll just, We'll just sit down if there's a, maybe an afternoon cup match like like it will be this Wednesday for us. Um, it would it would probably just be a Guinness to 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 sit with. I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm 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 right there. I'm right there with you. Uh, but I think that is all the time we have. I'd like to thank Andrew for coming on. Andrew, for the people that want to follow more about and you just dive more into in Spurs, where can they where can the people follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Uh, we post uh, weekly podcasts, and we're actually going to have quite a bit of content coming up here uh, right after the Sheffield match because a handful of us are actually going over to London uh, next week. We're going to be a couple of us are going to be at the Milan match, and then we're going to be seeing uh, Spurs play Nottingham Forest uh, days later. So we're going to be producing a lot of content from over in London as well, doing our best to put some stuff up on the socials. Uh, a bunch of us are uh, a bunch of us who do the pod here in the states are 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 meeting up with our one guy Shuban I'll shout him out he's he's based over in London and uh we're going to be having a week over there and uh doing the stadium tour uh at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and things like that so for anybody who's interested in in that kind of Americans in in London uh catching their favorite team content we'll be doing a lot of that on the uh, on the Tottenham Depot uh in the coming weeks and uh like I said you can follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot Okay, will do. And if you guys haven't done so, and I don't know why you're watching this video and haven't done so, follow us at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook and on Twitter at Red Sheffield. And you can follow me personally at Jarvis underscore 13. So until Wednesday afternoon and slash evening over in England, um, when we take on Spurs in the FA Cup, I'm going to say up the blades. Well, that's just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Before we get going here, Chad, where can the people follow you on social media? They can find me at cjarvis underscore 13 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, Noah Snyder, at sunpuck on Instagram and at nestman930 on Twitter. Please give our new YouTube page a subscribe. You can follow us at Red Half of Sheffield on YouTube. Just put it into your YouTube search bar. And then you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Red Sheffield, and you can follow us on Facebook at The Red Half of Sheffield. Well, until this Wednesday when we play Tottenham in the FA Cup, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. (laughs) 